0: Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, 12.51 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. Uh, for those of you following along at home, this is episode number 252. I kept it up. They were wow. Pe- you, you believe that? <laughs> e- early on, uh, a little bit of behind the scenes. Early on, there were some debates back here uh, at KSL whether or not I should keep numbering all the episodes like I'm some kind of podcaster or something. Uh, well, I stuck to my guns. Uh, anyway, it's a fun little thing for me at least and uh, a fun tally to see grow each day. Uh, forget all that. The reason we're together now during this segment is to chat with Debbie Djanovic on a very important topic. And in fact, this really wasn't going to be something we were going to focus on too much on the program today. But as I got chatting in the newsroom with Debbie earlier this morning, I realized that uh, this whole deal with us being a little bit behind in terms of distributing the vaccine, it, it ain't a little bit. It's a lot of it. We are well behind. We have a lot of catching up to do. We are far behind, not just here in Utah, but in the United States. Uh, Debbie's got some data for us that uh, dropped my jaw this morning. I'm anxious to, to chat about it here with Debbie. What have, what have you learned? What do we know?
1: By the end of December, we were told we would have 20 million Americans vaccinated. Uh, so far, we have like 4.73 million. So we are significantly behind as a country, which mirrors... Uh, Exactly what's also happening in Utah and surrounding states, Lee. What,
0: what's the bottleneck? Where do we find the, the backlog?
1: Red tape. I, we had uh, somebody who owns a private pharmacy call the David Nujanovic Show yesterday, and he said he went out and purchased two Super-duper cold freezers so he could store the Pfizer vaccine and also the Moderna vaccine. We know Pfizer has to be cold, stored at like 95 degrees below uh, zero. Uh, He has those two freezers ready to go, but he can't get in the program because of the red tape. Because, for example, Walgreens and CVS have secured the government contracts to administer uh, the inoculations. And so these private pharmacies can't jump into the fray and just start getting this vaccine in the arms of Utahns. We have in the neighborhood of 144,000 vaccines allocated to Utah so far. That does not necessarily mean we've received all of them, but we certainly have gotten the bulk of those. Uh, And at last count, I just checked yesterday's count in the Utah Department of Health, we had 48,575 vaccines uh, distributed. So we're behind. And even if you said we're going to keep half of those 144,000 for that second dose, right. fee, we're still behind. And it just seems to be taking way too much time. To get people vaccinated in that first round
0: it's a heartbreaking thing and, and i you know i just scratch my head and i'm no expert on all of this right we've we've become somewhat armchair epidemiologists over this past year but in terms of uh, you know having an understanding of these distribution plans there are certainly other things that are distributed in mass across our country so it's not a mystery to those who dedicate themselves to this task you talk about red tape is it red tape at the pfizer or moderna level is it red tape at the federal government's level is it red tape that is uh, you know, being encountered once they arrive here in Utah? W- where have you learned to be I, the, the source of this red tape? My
1: personal opinion is it's the way we set up the program here in Utah, where we started with the idea of vaccinating people by profession. I'll use Israel as an example. They are just outpacing the entire world in how they're vaccinating and the number of vaccines that they're getting into the arms of their, um, of their communities there. Uh, they have vaccinated 15% of the 9.3 million people who live there compared to for example utah we have 1.53%. so we're well under 2%. israel is just outpacing the entire world. why? here's how they set up their programs. you get healthcare workers vaccinated right out of the gates and then everyone 16 over get in line. Hmm. get in line. i don't know if you got to bring your driver's license or your passport or what but you get in line. And what we've done here is we're vaccinating by profession. And I think that is creating some of the bottleneck and perhaps some of the confusion.
0: One of the things that I have seen as not just Utah, but you know certainly Utah is an example of this being well behind where we predicted ourselves to be at this time when the plans went in place. There are some areas that are that are considering changing the plan. Uh, And and I wonder if that is wise. Do we reinvent the wheel while we are in motion uh, or do we just attempt to stay the course? Are there changes? uh, Do you think that ought to be made right now? Should we abandon? uh, You know, if you go to coronavirus.utah.gov, you see the agreed upon plan uh, inspired by, you know, medical professionals coming together, published by the Utah Department of Health. We know who's getting it first and in this phase and at this uh, juncture in the phase. Is that plan sufficient if we now are so far behind where we predicted ourselves to be?
1: I think you're referencing the U.K., and they're going to the one-dose regimen so they can spread the vaccine around to more people. So instead of getting two doses, so Pfizer is three weeks apart and Moderna is four weeks apart, what they're doing is they're giving you one dose, and then they're giving what would be your second dose to someone else. Now, we do know through studies, through the trial, that – Particularly, Moderna was very effective after one dose. There seems to be an eighty to ninety percent efficacy on Moderna, uh, and Pfizer did ha- also have after a, after one after dose. After uh-huh. uh, but the question in the UK now is because of this variant um, of the virus that's starting to spread, and it spreads much. Um, it's it's just much more contagious. Uh, should would it would be more effective to get more people vaccinated? Well, the UK has decided yes. I think the trouble that they're having there that I've read up on is that's creating more confusion because everyone who had that second appointment to get that follow-up shot is now getting a call back to reschedule and they're trying to get more people in. I'm shocked that we wouldn't have been considering this uh, publicly out of the gates. I mean, we have some very smart people who have at warp speed developed a vaccine Uh you know, in what just a few months? So what, where was it? Why were we not developing this plan of attack? Let's not change course right now, is what I'm saying. Sure. One dose, uh, the FDA, in fact, has said, uh, no. Let's let's keep it with two doses.
0: Yeah, warp speed! Look at you getting the branding right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it it makes me nervous. Ch- changing a plan midstream d- makes me very nervous. So too does when we are having you know supply problems or distribution problems or whatever banking on hopefully solving those problems in time to get the second doses into the arms of those folks who received just the first dose. If we give away what was held in reserve to you know, guarantee either after 21 or 28 days, depending on the on the vaccine you get, uh, you know, there's kind of a, a rolling of the dice that goes into that uh, that approach. What we're seeing in the UK, no,
1: we've got to speed up how we're getting people inoculated. That's the bottom line. If you start changing up the dosage, and um, in fact, I think you can wait up to twelve weeks for that second dose and still have uh, good efficacy. Um, but I think we just here in Utah and across the United States have to figure out a way to get people inoculated a lot faster. And I got to tell you, we've got a new governor on Capitol Hill right now. This is going to be a big lift for him, and he's got to get this thing rocking and rolling.
0: 100%. These chats are always uh, a blast. Thank you so much for working through the thoughts with me and uh, sharing the details. Debbie DeJanovic, my guest. Thank you Thanks, so much. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. In, in just a moment, after the commercial break and the news and the traffic and the weather, I will be joined, and honored to do so, uh, by Lieutenant Governor Deidra Henderson. Uh, this will be her first interview here on KSL News Radio. I have a lot of questions to ask her. I uh you know it's due to my career and the the type of work that I've done over the past decade and a half or so here in Utah. I have uh known now Lieutenant Governor Henderson, from uh, her first foray into politics in 2008. Uh, Look very much forward to chatting with her. Going to ask her how day one has gone today, her first first full day on the job. And we'll look back on the trajectory of her career. Could she have ever imagined 12 years ago uh, that volunteering on a political campaign would land her in the number two spot in the government of Utah?